Welcome back to the Dorkiest Podcast, everybody. We're happy to have you here with us. I'm one of your co-hosts, Mike, and joining me on this fine episode, he may be my father, but he ain't my daddy. Say hello to Daniel, everybody. Hello, everyone. (laughs) Daniel, you're in a good mood today. I am in a very good mood today. Hey, you just had some. You just, you just shared me some big news, man. You and you and your fiance are celebrating that good news. Is is are, are you okay with like to, to share some of that? Uh, sure. As I said, like I told you off air, we are celebrating the fact that we uh, tentatively will be moving into a house uh, sometime soon. Man, you are like way ahead of me in like the life game. It's not a competition or anything, but like. Dude, I, I'm, I'm not a homeowner, so congratulations to you, dude. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I can't wait. I, I can't wait for all this. So, Timetable-wise, you think like a, a few months from now, like, you know, uh, sometime after I, the wedding, around the wedding, maybe? Ideally, it'll be about a month before the wedding. All right. Um, man, you were just like crazy busy then for the next couple months. Yeah. So I said, so when we get into like the end of August into September, I apologize if I have to take some time off between all of these things. Ah, that's okay. I can, I can, I can do, I can do this solo. I'm sure lots of people don't mind me blabbing to myself. I'm so lonely sometimes. Oh God. <laughs> that's all right. That's okay. We got, that's, that's why we're going to, that's why we're here. We're going to get some, some of the big stuff out of the way, folks. Uh, we are going to be continuing on our ranking, the definitive dorkiest distinguishment of the MCU films right now. Today, we are going to be doing part one of phase three, because as of phase three, Marvel decided, Hey, let's just, let's just throw like a bunch of movies in, you know, we, we, we used to do like one movie a year, two movies a year. We're kind of still in that two movies a year kind of phase of, of Marvel here in phase three. But now phase three is just like 11 films now over the course of like two and a half years, I think. Let me go the release dates really quick. We got the beginning of 2016 all the way to the middle of 2019. So three years. Gosh, gosh. Yeah. That's yeah. A- yeah. That's it. I said, and as we and we've, as we've learned this week, it only is, it only grows from there. <laughs> You know, it took Marvel, you know, from phase one to the end of phase three, the Infinity Saga, it took them 11 years to tell that story. It's going to take them four years to tell the multiversal saga and like double that amount of films. And and in addition to Disney Plus series. And there's series and shorts. And I don't know what is and isn't is isn't in continuity anymore. Oh, I, my, my head is broken. So, you know, stay tuned. <laughs> MCU has officially become the just the cinematic version of the Marvel comics, as in there's so much you can't keep up with all of it. But is there too much? We're going to be answering that question, at least from our perspective, on the next episode of the dorky is so yeah stay tuned over here we're going to kind of be just like daniel mentioned we're going to be kind of uh talking a little bit about like the big news from comic-con uh kind of laying out the multiverse the multiverse saga which was just laid out by kevin feige at over at comic-con and wow that i don't even know where to start like clear your calendars daniel like i know you've i know you're busy in the next couple months but like this the next episode we're gonna do I'd say that's like five, six hours easily. Yeah, it's gonna be a long one. <laughs> just talking about Phase Four by itself, but uh, yeah, but you know, we just have a we have a paltry six films to talk about today. Like again, we're breaking out Phase Three into two uh, two parts. 
Uh, we're going to start with uh, Captain America Civil War and then go down to Black Panther. Dude, we are in the cream of the crop. Yeah, like, like I, I looked at that. Like in my opinion, one movie notwithstanding, this is most of the stuff I think is going to be hard to play since it's all going to be near the top. Yeah, and I was going to joke too. Like, you know, there's one film I want to put it like, I'll, I'll, I'll show my hand here at number one, but can we just put the rest of them like at two to six and we'll just call it there? Let's, you know, we'll go home early, yeah, <laughs> clock out early. Right. It's so like, so phase three was really like it, it was overall like such a huge step from the first two phases. It's not funny. Yeah, dude. Like we were eating so well. We were eating like kings and queens in 2016 to 28 to 2019. Whew. So I can't wait to talk about this here with you. But uh, Daniel, you know, we, we won't spend too much. Uh, we won't spend too long in this segment of the show. But uh, what is it that you were playing over there? I have just been hacking my way through as a ghost of Tsushima, continuing to work on that. Right on. Made good progress. Uh, yeah, I just uh, since I kind of decided to lay back on some of the miscellaneous side quests i have now uh i'm i'm officially into act two. Oh wow oh wow you were <laughs> you were really taking your time good yeah golly. i was doing everything all of this <laughs> I, was like, I was like over here do this do this this and I'm, I'm officially in act two i i have uh i'm kidding i'm kind of bouncing around between doing main stories and the main tales of tsushima with like uh, yeah. lady masako and the I just did a bunch of them with Lady Masako and uh, the Sensei. I just did a bunch of those with them. Yeah, yeah. And oh, I, dude, I, right I, on. Yeah, I basically, I'm doing those. I did those until their missions then required me to go into the northern half of the map where all the main story missions were. So I was like, okay, I can now focus on the northern half of the map now. Yeah, you were, you were, you're, you're doing really well, man. Like you, you, you clear that map. You find all those foxes. You do all those haikus, dude. Like that is a that is a great game to get lost in. Yeah, it's just to me. It's like not even necessarily doing anything. It's like I I go off for some few times, just wandering around picking flowers. Yeah, and <laughs> that's such a great game to do that too. Because like you know, you're doing that. Maybe you have like a podcast or some music playing in the background, and next thing you know, like three hours have passed by, and you're just picking flowers, right? <laughs> yeah, it's just it's so easy to get lost in it. Like I said, honestly, like I knew I'd like this game. I I did not know I would like it as much as I have like and also like i've come to this like the sound design is just oh mm. it's so good oh yeah and like everything about that game from its art direction to its sound design to its minimalist soundtrack the story is great the voice acting is spot on stylistically it's great the combat is fantastic like you getting a oh, yeah. better handle on the combat now oh yeah i i'm combat down pretty well I, i'll still die occasionally like you this is just what it's good for you mess up one thing and you're out of yeah. rhythm and you can easily very you very easily die but it's like it is some of the most smooth combat i love unlocking all the new stances mm-hmm. yeah and just kind of playing around with it and kind of you know just 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 trying to reacclimate the your play style to to these new stances maybe trying to find new favorites that you want to uh yeah. kind of get a hold of exactly like you try to figure out what groups of enemies are I say, do they work best with which ones just do I feel like most comfortable in? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and, the, and the bow and arrow combat is like become quickly some of my favorite stuff. Yeah. And, you know, going back to all those side stories, uh, you know, you're, you're, you've been hanging out with Sensei a lot. So you're going to be unlocking a lot more like bow combat stuff. Yes. Which I've, I said, I love this game. I love that it allows me to be a, the sneaky little assassin that I love to be in open world games. Yeah, this is basically like the Japanese Assassin's Creed we never got, but right, I'm glad that we didn't get because 
this is way better than I think any Assassin's Creed deserves to be. Well, I mean, Ubisoft has announced that they plan on doing something Asia-related with Assassin's Creed, and all the comments on that video I watched, there's every comment was like, we already have Assassin's Creed in Japan, it's called Ghost of Tsushima, yeah, go play exactly. it. <laughs> but yeah, so like, unless you're making a sequel to that game, don't bother, just go somewhere else. <laughs> you right. had your chance, Ubisoft, and you blew it. Uh, yeah, this is still unrelated, but you, you did hear Ubisoft canceled like four different games. So they're working. Oh on. yeah, I saw that, which is a shame, right? Like, because like outside of what are, you know, the quality of what those games would have ended up being, like that's people's livelihoods. Like those, and, and I think they shut down some of the studios too. Or it's like, ugh. So you, so you hate to see like people's jobs going away, you know, for because of like video game bureaucracy. Yeah. But uh, so Ghost of Tsushima, that's bad. That that really has been my one and only focus for the past past few. No, weeks, you're so. you're also winning in the game of life too. So you know, con- you congrats go. on that. You're going to get the platinum trophy on like buying a house pretty soon. So congrats on that. <laughs> there you go. But cool. uh, Mike, what have you been playing over there? So uh, like you, I've just been kind of like focusing all my attention on just like a, a few other things, a couple of things outside of gaming too. So I just have a couple games to bring to the table. Uh, Leon, on the last episode, I made a bold accusation uh, that the game Eastward that I was playing uh, might be a masterpiece. So I have since finished that game. It took It took a long time. The game's pretty long. It's like between 25 to 30 hours long. I wasn't expecting it to be that long. But um I'm I'm here to say full review after rolling credits, it's just shy of that masterpiece status. I'd say, and partially because of, and, and, and I and say that is partially, mostly because of the uh, of of the pacing in the story. The story is great and engrossing, and there's a great through line mystery in Eastwood, Eastward. Sorry, and halfway through the story just kind of gets a little convoluted and it kind of is in love with itself a little too much and is more interested in constant twists than telling the one story it was trying to tell but overall though like the the combat art direction the 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 soundtrack especially the soundtrack is fantastic uh like the, the the charm the characters that you meet throughout the entire the entirety of the story that's all masterclass still but uh so i i just had some problems with pacing and the overall narrative um but this is definitely a game that i think that you know should anybody be interested in it if you like that pixel art aesthetic and like the attention to detail in these pixel art and these animations and these character movements and you know the pixel art combat and stuff is some of the best I've ever seen too. So if that's something that aesthetic is aesthetically pleasing to you, if you find this game out there in the wild, um, you know I, I mentioned uh, on the last episode it's on available on Switch, uh, Windows, and you know Steam, and I think on like Epic Game Store as well. It's probably going to come to other consoles at some point as well. If you see it come your way. And, you know, it's within your budget. Do you see it on sale? I, I, I think it's worth picking up, even if you don't feel like it, it, you're going to, you know, sit with it for the entire 25 to 30 hours. I, it, this is something special, at least. And um, it's just kind of sitting out there. Nobody's really talking about it. Uh, developer, it, it's, it's a first-time developer, too, called Pixpil, P-I-X-P-I-L. And it's a three-person team. It started off as a three-person team in Shanghai. And, like, you know, they, they were just kind of, like, you know, they had like, uh, they had like, uh, what do you call it? Experience in like animation and other like kind of artistic forms to get uh, uh, prior to 
forming the studio. And then like they slowly built the team to like a team of 12. And, you know, it, it took a few years to kind of, you know, because it's such a small team and they're still learning and they built an engine from scratch to build the, you know, to get this game on, to get this game running. And yeah, it, like I mentioned, like it, I, I still can't recommend it enough. And I'm sure my criticism of like the narrative and the story and, 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 the, and the pacing and the story and stuff is, is, you know, that's going to, that's going to be very, very from person to person. Right. So like if, if this, if, if, if you think this might be a game that you'd be interested in, keep it on your radar and like maybe you know, pick it up on switch or pick it up on steam or something. If it comes your way. Definitely. I mean, you, as a your recommendation, maybe definitely keep an eye on this game. I'll keep an eye for a sale or something. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, close to a masterpiece. That's nothing to, you know, to, to shake a stick at. Um, but uh, what else I've been playing is uh, I've started um, the pathless, which is a game from Annapurna, Annapurna Interactive, uh, developed by Giant, developed by uh, Giant Squid. This came out like on launch day of the PS5 as well. This is just a game I've just been uh, kind of keeping my eye on because uh, during the PlayStation 5 reveal event, uh, this game was uh, shown. Uh, showcased uh, with, with like a very stunning, stunning trailer and stuff like that. Uh, you had like this little eagle companion. You play as this kind of ninja hunter person, and uh, the premise of the game is that like this curse of miasma has kind of taken over the land, and you're kind of there to uh, make sense of it and to free the godlike creatures that, that have been absorbed with the with, with with the curse. So you know, narratively, it's it's pretty simple and pretty easy to follow. I think I'm about like midway through it right now. And what's great about this game is that there's this wonderful sense of traversal that I've never experienced before. Like you traverse by kind of shooting these little talismans with your bow and arrow. Uh, and of course, you know, it's got the dual, it's got, it's got those great like dual sense features with like the tension of the bow and everything and the little vibrations when you're, when you're taking a jump a certain way and stuff like that. And where you're holding onto your eagle for a gliding effect. And like that sense of flow and rhythm to the traversal and when you kind of get the hang of it and kind of expand your skills and you kind of you can jump further at some point then you can kind of jump higher with the more with the more talismans that you shoot and then you, you unlock the eagle and then the eagle can take you to places that you know you can't on your own it's just this beautiful sense of wonder that kind of reminds me of like shadow of the colossus or ghost of tsushima and you know other games like that and it's got this beautiful kind of like almost comic book art uh, art direction to it too kind of simplistic but like very effective as well yeah, i'm looking at it right now and it, it looks very nice yeah have you seen a trailer for this at some point like yeah i didn't remember until i looked it up like i think i remember this trailer when it came out yeah this game is definitely like oh that game it's one of those type of games right we, yeah, we, we, i think we've all like seen a trailer at what at some point but like it just kind of like you know you know leaves our mind at some point but I, i'd say this is like a definite uh, definite recommendation for anybody who was interested in it at some point uh, I, I think even just watching a trailer would get you intrigued if you want something a little bit more um not relaxing it's not like a relaxing type of game but it's just more kind of it, it'll really keep your attention, like keep you engaged throughout. And uh, like, and like I mentioned, the traversal is like really unique. I, 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 I can't really think of a game that I played before that is that, that traverses this way, but uh, I'm looking forward to continuing it on. And I think I'm about maybe six, seven hours away from completing it. It's a pretty short game, but um, yeah, the pathless, check it out. If you, if you haven't already. I definitely think I will. All right. That's enough of that. 
Let's get to this. <laughs> oh, man. MCU, nice. dude. Uh, so I've, I've, I've been looking forward to... I've been both looking forward to talking about uh, Phase 3 and, like, not looking forward to it, too. Because it's one of those, like, kill your babies type of thing, right? Like, I don't... Right, <laughs> ranking I these is going to be so hard. I love five so of these hard. movies. Like, oh. I love five of these six movies we're talking about today. You kind of hinted at, like, which movie, like, you weren't feeling. So once we get there, um, you know, I'm going to be... Really interested in having that conversation with you. Um, yeah, we, we we said it right off to, right at the top of the episode. Like we are we are eating like kings and queens with these six with these six movies here. Like this is some of the best stuff that the MCU has put out to date. Like then that's that's counting all the stuff that they put out up until 2022. And right. uh, you know the only thing better than some of these movies are some of the other movies in phase three so right. <laughs> that we'll save that for another time but we've got like this mess to deal with right now okay so we just want to get right into civil war then well before that i think you know since this is an audio medium uh we do have to kind of remind the folks if you you know it's been a while since we since we've done done this episode uh so we should at least go th- go over the, the the 12 movies that we have ranked so far in the definitive dorkiest rank order uh so from 12 to 1 this is where this is where we landed at uh poor old incredible hulk i think uh i don't think anyone's gonna beat you buddy but that's landing over there at number 12 yeah Yeah. (laughs) iron man 2 at number 11 number 10 is ant-man number 9 thor the dark world and number 8 thor the first thor guardians of the galaxy lands there at number 7 Captain America, the first Avenger at number six, Iron Man three, kind of a kind of a shocking one that it's still up there in the top five. But hey, it's a good movie. Give it, it a chance. A good movie. Yeah, uh, Marvel's The Avengers at number four. Can you believe that we that 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 these two dummies put Age of Ultron above the first Avengers? Hey, it's a great movie. Maybe That's you should check movie. it out. Yep, exactly. <laughs> yeah, maybe stop listening to to, to grumpy people on youtube channels and like you know see this movie for what it is and it's actually great is it a little muddled yeah but is everything in it great yeah i mean there's that little part where like bruce banner falls on the boobs but like yeah Uh, joss whedon's humor notwithstanding (laughs) this is an amazing movie this is a great movie despite its director there you go yeah there you go and to no surprise number two iron man and number one captain america the winter soldier that's one of marvel's best films at uh daniel I agree. You know what's better than Captain America the Winter Soldier? Oh boy. <laughs> oh man, you're going there, I see. I'm saying it right now. This is where I th- this is where I wanted to like stake my foot on oh. the firmly planted on the f- in, in the ground like a tree. I, I I tell you, no, you move. Captain America Civil War. I I I feel like it's a better film than Captain America: The Winter Soldier. I nominate that film to be number one, and then we can go to the mm. rest of them in release order. Man, I t- that is tough because <laughs> I love Winter Soldier so much. I love Winter Soldier too, dude. And here, so here's what I'm thinking, right? Yeah, Civil War. So Civil War, uh, shockingly too, kind of came out like pretty close to winter soldier so we're kind of we're still you know winter soldier still fresh in our mind come come to the events of civil war which is good because the the events of civil the events of winter soldier 
highly affect the events of Civil War. Like we're still dealing with like Bucky with his memory loss, and his he's still kind of an agent of Hydra. He's still trying to uh, deal with that. He's framed for murder. You know, he's 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 not just for murder. He's framed for regicide. <laughs> he he yeah. was framed to kill a king. But uh, so, you know, dealing with that, you know, high stakes, right? High personal stakes. And it's it's and, and we're also dealing with like the 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 the, the Sokovia Accords. Right. And then and that how that kind of divides the team and it divides the team in a very like yeah. meaningful way. I, I mean, really, because the uh, uh, pretty much until, you know, uh, Infinity War Endgame, like. It pretty much breaks up the Avengers. Yeah, and we need this film in order to set up the the events of Infinity War. This is basically an Avengers film. Oh yeah, I've always said that. I don't. This should have been Avengers Civil War. Yeah, effectively. I, but I do think that personability of making Captain America the central focus really adds to the heart of this. If it was more of an ensemble film, right? If we gave like Tony and Steve like equal screen time. I think the film would have been a little worse for it. I think we need that anchoring of uh, of Steve Rogers, someone who we know from two Captain America films and two Avengers films prior to be like the best human being that ever lived. Like we need his perspective on both the political things that are going on, on how to deal with Bucky, on how to quell the, the, the rage of T'Challa who we're introduced to, right? And like and how to deal with like our friend Tony who like, you know, he's been our friend and our ally for for so long, but like he's diametrically opposed to us and he wants to arrest us, right? right. So like and we that, need that. Yeah, I agree. I said you make a very good point and I knew like just talk starting with some war I have a lot of interesting debates topics because i for one am gonna say that so wars while the few times where i've seen like a movie adaptation is way better than the comic it was trying it was based on yeah i think that's that's important to touch upon too right so yeah. this kind of just loosely follows the, right. the the comic book civil war you know that 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 one is a that one is avengers civil war right that one is more right. of an ensemble we see we see we see the conflict from everyone's perspective there's that very controversial scene where spider-man unmasks publicly uh to support tony and uh you know but we are kind of taking nods to that like it, it is a political movement that divides uh the, the avengers um yeah. it, you know so 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 we, we can still call it civil war and you know they do have a war <laughs> yes we do i would definitely say that if i again i, I would just play devil's advocate here of saying things that might be slight issues for me of the movie is that I said, you said right there, that Steve and Tony are diametrically opposed. The movie is definitely pushing you to, I think, decide with Steve and his side. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I don't yeah. think there's anything wrong with that. Like, uh, initially, inherently. initially, like, you know, back in 2016, you know, back when I was still kind of like processing the film, I loved the film when I, when I saw it, and I saw it over and over again. And I, and I did initially think it was a little unfair to paint Tony in that kind of villainous kind of light. But but then as I processed it and I kind of got other takes on the film, I was like, I I started to come around and so I was like, well, he deserves it at this point. Like think, think, think back to even just like age of Ultron, his last appearance. Like he, he wanted to, he was already about like taking away people's civil liberties in the name of, in the name of safety. Is he right in that? Hey, that's up to, that's up. That's honestly up for debate. 
right? Yeah, that is up to the audience to decide. Yeah, and he makes a great point. And also the 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 the, the world that they live in vastly different than the world that we live in, yeah, right? We yeah, don't have like, to worry about purple nutsack monsters like coming to like snap the whole world away, right? right. We don't Which have to worry about think, murder robots. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's why this works better than I think the comic book because the comic book was trying to make it like a one-to-one of our political situation. I was like, you can't really because this is yeah. completely different. But yeah, as I, my main thing is I probably just come from that throughout the movie, I'm willing to I'm, a, I'm able to see that both where both Tony and Steve are coming from obviously leaning to one side more than the other. But to me, I think Steve really kind of loses a lot of his credibility when he's just when Tony is down for the count. Steve just keeps wailing on him like, all right, Steve, he's down. You you can you can stop that now. okay? well, I think that's also you know, and it's a very powerful scene, too. Like and and that's what I love about this movie, too. Like the the climax of the movie takes place in this like abandoned weapons facility, like in the middle of nowhere. It's not a world-ending event like the last time we saw these two characters together. It's just two people who are just so mad at each other they could potentially kill one another. And it's it nobody knows about it. It's just these three characters in this one room having a having a punch out and like we as the audience, we love all three of these characters. We don't want any of them to get hurt. We don't want any of them to die. We want them to sit down and talk like like adults, but we are past that point at, you know, in, in, in this movie. They tried talking and it didn't work. And then because of fantastical cir- circumstances, right? It, you know, it, we, we, we've led to this part where Steve could, could have killed Tony, but he chose not to. Then that's a good point. I that is that. an amazing ending to this film, man. And I, and, 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 I, and, you know, even though it's not like the ending ending, like, you know, it's, you know, it's Steve leaving, leaving tony that's uh that uh, that cell phone if he ever needs anything which will come in handy uh in a, in a later episode of the, of the dorkiest podcast we'll we get to see that cell phone again uh but uh I, I, th- I think it's just a great way to end this in this film you know some of the some of the avengers are in jail you know they get broken out of course and um yeah and, and we're rooting for captain america the entire way while at the same time not disliking the I mean, Tony is the primary antagonist uh, at the end of the day, but like we're not, we don't, we're not, we don't dislike the primary antagonist, but we can sympathize with where he's coming from. Right. Yeah. It's a different thing because that when watching it, me and my fiance had a thing of, you know, I, of position wise, I'm definitely lean. I totally understand probably sympathize more with Tony's position mm-hmm. throughout the movie, but I do acknowledge that the movie is mostly from Cap's perspective. So they have to frame Tony as the antagonist. Like, I think like, I even saw like during the press junket for uh, Civil War that uh, even um, Chris Evans himself, he's like, well, personally for me, I would be on Tony's side, but, well, <laughs> but know, because I'm Captain America, I have to take this. I have to take this stance. Yeah. So it was, uh, but yeah, like I said, it is a great movie and I think it's very interesting to see which side each Avenger falls on and like what, their reasoning for doing so. Yeah. And, you know, we, we're not even like we, we didn't even touch upon the big elephant in the room. But like this also introduced us to two major characters. We got T'Challa and we got the Spider-Man. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. This was the introduction of Tom Holland's Spider-Man. And it was handled so well. We didn't have to go through a whole movie of his sad origin. It's just kind of touched upon here and there. And then in a later film, which we'll talk about in a bit, like he expands on it 
just a little bit, just enough to where the audience understands. Because we know who Spider Man is. We don't need to. We don't need to go through this rigmarole. It's like, yes. hey, this kid's Spider Man. <laughs> Deal with exactly. it. Exactly. Exactly. A thing that I love the Tom Holland Spider Man movies and the. Uh, and the uh, Robert Pattinson Batman movie. I was, Thank you. I don't need to see. I don't need to see Uncle Ben die. I don't need to see Thomas and Martha Wayne get shot. I don't need to see that ever again in live action. I could have I sworn s- we saw the pearls drop though in the Batman. Am I mis? Am I misremembering I that? I don't remember that. But they never. I, they never film. I don't think a scene of his parents getting shot unless okay. I'm blanking. Unless I blocked it out of my mind because I'm just tired of seeing it. I've, I've seen it once. I haven't. I haven't revisited the Batman. But like, I could have sworn I remember. I remember the pearls falling, but I think I'm. I think that's just every other Batman movie I've ever seen in my whole life. <laughs> right, so, yeah. that notwithstanding, but yeah, it's like, man, it's we'll, like, ma- we'll I, make a case for uh, Winter Soldier. I mean, you 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 still think Winter Soldier should be number one? I I I am I like I can tell you how torn I am. It's like I could see both of them being at number one, but putting either one at number two seems insulting. We're not moving on until we break this, buddy. <laughs> okay, I. I will okay, concede. so Winter Soldier, let's let's go back to that. Winter Soldier is a fantastic film. It is a great standalone film. I think of these two, I could probably show somebody Winter Soldier and they'll get a they'll get a wonderful experience all on its own. I think you need the baggage of Civil War to share it with like this might sound weird like a normie, but like is it that again we we've had pres- we have precedents for this in the in the in the past like. It doesn't matter. It's our list, right? Like, right. there's payoffs in Civil War, and then there's future payoffs that are stemmed from Civil War. Winter Soldier is a great film, but it's a, also a great piece of the puzzle that is Civil War. You're not wrong. All right, Mike. I, I say I will concede just so we can move on. <laughs> also, say, Civil concede. Civil War has Spider Man in it. Winter Soldier has zero Spider-Man in it. Well, I can't argue with that. <laughs> Civil War has Ant-Man fanboying over Captain America in it. And Winter Soldier has no Ant-Man fanboying over Captain America in it. <laughs> See where I'm going uh, with this? Yeah, I, I can't deny that. All right, Mike. So we, all right, so for that, we will put Civil War at number one. For okay, right here we go. Here's, before we move on. You you got your cell phone on, right? You're ready to you're ready to cast it to your TV. Your fiance is like, just put a movie on right now, but or else, or else I'm taking our son and I'm leaving. All right, she's you've got Winter Soldier. <laughs> this is a dark this is a dark situation. I'm sorry I'm sorry <laughs> for putting you in this. You got Winter Soldier on one uh, on one part of the screen. You got civil you got Civil War on the other part. Which one are you putting on? She's like I, your your fiance is like I don't care. Just put on. A good Captain America movie, right? Just put on any of those two movies, or else I'm taking our son and I'm leaving, and you're never—you'll never hear from us ever again. <laughs> again, dark situations, and I'm sorry. <laughs> I guess I can't argue with that logic. Which one are you putting on, though? I have Civil War. Okay, there we go. For now, folks, congratulations! Captain America: Civil War is now your new number one. Congratulations, Joe and Anthony Russo. You guys did it. All right. <laughs> Moving on now. Let's go in. Uh, I mean, that was the first first film that we were talking about. Let's move on to the next one. Daniel, do you remember when the MC used to be two movies a year? So I, I do. 
oh man, what a what a, what an age we lived in, and like no shows to catch up on, and a varying degrees of quality. You know, what what a, what an age 2016 was. But anyway, November fourth, 2016, we've got our origin movie for Doctor Strange. I you know going back and like realizing like the first Doctor Strange was 2016. That was six years ago, and like we just now got the sequel. Exactly, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, he's been in other things. So, like, he was in like briefly Thor Ragnarok, and then of course the um, uh, Infinity War and Endgame. But like, I, I I didn't realize it's been that long. And he was name dropped in uh, Winter Soldier too, wasn't he? Uh potentially. I don't remember that off the top. Of my yeah, head. when he's with that, uh, I think when they're threatening Sitwell, right? Like he 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 talks about the algorithm or whatever that like. Um, Hydra's plan is going to assassinate like all these people who who could be potentially a threat, and then he name drops uh, Doctor Strange. Ah, I did, I did not remember that, but the seeds were sown. But here we are, 2016. Doctor Strange. Uh, you know, this is Marvel kind of dipping into the mythological kind of realm of 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 the MCU. You know, not the not Which the first. Is, uh... Yeah, which is personally one of my favorite aspects of the MCU. Yeah, and what a what a refreshing take too, right? Like you know, we're, we we've dealt with like robots and like super soldiers and a little bit of space stuff here and there, but like you know, pretty grounded stuff if you take away like Thor. So you know, it, it's it's mostly like stuff that's within the realm of possibility, so to speak, right? And now we get Doctor Strange. We got this like mythological stuff where hands where fingers become hands and then those fingers become more hands and then there's like other realms and then you can stop time and then you, your spirit leaves your body but then i can fix my hands and then <laughs> and then the guy with the eyeliner he's like oh i'm gonna take an evil page so i can call my dark lord and like i don't know what did you think of this film <laughs> Uh, I personally love Doctor Strange. Uh, my fiance said that it's arguably her one of, if not her favorite Marvel movies. You know, aside from the obvious answers that everyone would have, it's their favorite Marvel movie. Yeah, I've seen that. Uh, I've heard that take a lot too. Like a lot of people are either kind of mid on Doctor Strange, like oh, it's pretty good, and you know, a lot of people think like this is like one of the best films I've ever seen. So she must. She, I know you kind of told me off air, like when you guys saw it, but like she must have loved Multiverse of Madness, huh? Oh yeah, she she heavily enjoyed it. Uh, it's, it was a great viewing for both of us. She loves Doctor Strange, and I love Sam Raimi, so it was a best of both go. worlds. <laughs> great for both of you guys. Yeah, this was de- uh, directed by Scott Derrickson, though. Uh, he's kind of known to be like a, a horror type of director. I think he's done like the Conjuring films or like Insidious or like you know one of the. I always get those one two the, confused. I always get those two series confused yeah. as well. <laughs> I think you're thinking of the Conjuring because I'm pretty sure Insidious is James Wong. Oh, you're right. Yeah, thank you for thank you for correcting me. So yeah, so it, kind of interesting that like you know to bring a director like that to a film like this, and there are kind of like horror ish elements here, especially when you know when, when you're going into like. um uh, what, what, the Mystic Realm, I, th- I think they call yeah. it, right? Yeah. So, you know, Caecilius and like those other like uh, zealots and stuff, like they're they kind of have a horror tinge to them too here and there. I, you know, there's nothing horror about this film, but it does have elements to it. Yeah, it has elements of cosmic horror as well when you get to like yeah. the, all the stuff with at near the end with Dormammu and stuff. Yeah, so. Dark Dimension and you know stuff like that too. Uh, you know. This is probably one of the films in all of the Infinity Saga that I've seen the least. 
I, if I know off the top of my head, I think I've probably seen it like four or five times, you know, as opposed to everything else, which is around like 10. Um, uh, I don't know. Some, Doctor Strange kind of feels like a good phase one film to me. And I know, I know you guys are like, you know, big on it too. So, you know, I'm not willing to put it down, you know, where the other phase one films are in our ranking. You know, I'm kind of thinking maybe like between the two Avengers films for me. Like, I think I okay. like this more than the first Avengers film. What do you think? I would say I was pondering potentially, but I was thinking around there, I was like putting it somewhere between like your Iron Man, Age of Ultron and the first Avengers. I was thinking around there too. So okay, I, I yes. think that's a, I think between Age of Ultron and the first Avengers movie is a fair place to put it. Yeah. I'm not for, for me, I don't think like if I were put in that same horrible situation where my life, my wife would leave me if I don't put an MCU movie on TV and, and I had like age of Ultron and Dr. Strange in my hands right now, I'm I think I would put fair. age of Ultron. Yeah. Yeah. The more I think about it, I, yeah, I do think the age of Ultron is a better movie, but I, I think between age of Ultron and, and Avengers is that that's a good place for Dr. Strange to be. Yeah. You know, I would still say it's bet it's a better film than some of the stuff underneath. Like, I don't know if Doctor, to me personally, I don't know if Doctor Strange is a better film personally than like the first Avenger to me. But I do think it's a better film than the Avengers. So I, I think, yeah, between four and five is a good spot. Yeah, I say slotted in at number five. I think yeah. that is a. I think that is a. That is a well-respectable place to put Dr. Strange. Good job, Dr. Strange. Yeah, and one thing I do want to note, too, like, I love the ending of this film. You know, you go into oh, yeah. a, a movie like this that, you know, can admittedly feel a little like, okay, it's, it's formulaic. I, I kind of know what to expect. You know, we, we got we got kind of like the arrogant... It, it, it's the story of the arrogant prince, like we've done this before, like with Thor, where he kind of humble... He learns to humble himself with his new newfound enlightenment and powers. So I expected, like, the ending of the film to just be, like, magic lasers being shot at each other. But, like, Doctor Strange just outwits Dormammu? And I thought that was so cool. That, that was so... That was such a great... Like, I think people under... As the underestimate Benedict Cumberbatch's comedic acting as well in both uh, for this and... Uh, multiverse of madness it's oh yeah he was a great comedic actor yeah one thing i would change though about the the ending though as, as much as i'm praising it though I, I i would love to have gotten like a more definitive kind of timeline of how long he was stuck in that time loop in my head canon like he was dying for like hundreds of years did you get that uh did you get that vibe from i you? i wasn't exactly sure like it was definitely I didn't actually, I don't know. I don't really kind of pondered how long he would have been in there, but it actually gets funnier. The yeah. more you think about him being this happening like hundreds or thousands of times. Because they had to be doing it for a while just to drive Dormammu nuts enough. Be like, okay, I'll leave you alone. Please leave. Yeah, you have to imagine Dormammu has probably been alive for like thousands of years at this point right like right. a few minutes of being stuck in this time loop with dr strange like that doesn't make any sense why he would go mad so i, I would have loved like to, to know that like you know for like half of dormammu's life he's been stuck in this time he's been stuck in this time loop killing dr strange over and over again he can't get out like i would love to like know that because it also it would be a great payoff to doc uh, steven strange as a character like he was so arrogant and self-centered 
at the beginning of the movie and he was willing to die again and again and again for hundreds potentially thousands of years to save humanity like that that would have been a, a better i feel like ending in my opinion that's right i didn't thought of that but that that would that would have been great <laughs> it's official canon now yeah, that is head cannon. All right, so here we go. Yeah, Doctor Strange number five. Great, that's a that's a good placement of it. I think I, I that think wasn't nearly as painful as as the first one. <laughs> All right, well, you know what? Let's see about this one here. Galaxy <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. You've been hinting at it that this is the film that you don't like. I mean, I'm just gonna say this. I mean, you said nothing is going to be below Incredible Hulk. Are we <gasps> sure of that? What? You think this I is below Incredible Hulk? I don't know if I actually think that, but I sure wanted to say it out loud. I do not like this movie, Mike. Okay, yeah, go ahead. I, I, I want to I hear your take on it. I, all right, well, I will go. First thing, I will give the credit to some things. I remember more of it than I do the first one. Please explain the, the plot of the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Daniel. Okay, they're killing a monster that, that's trying to drink the the holy batteries batteries. or or something (laughs) and then rocket steals batteries from shiny gold people shiny gold people the sovereign okay glad you knew the name of them whatever i'll fill in the blanks it's okay (laughs) they shoot down they escape their ship gets uh, gets hurt uh destroyed something so they crash on uh this planet and they meet quill's dad who is actually a celestial who is a living planet and uh his name's ego that's right. That's it. And uh, he's trying to trick Quill into like channeling his power so he can d- do something evil. I don't really remember. So he's planted his seed, his his literal seed, into different planets throughout the galaxy, and like it hasn't taken uh, properly in like the millennia that he's been doing this, and it finally took in this earth woman named Meredith, who is Peter Quill's mom. And, uh, Peter Quill is meant to kind of take over the legacy of ego, the living planet. Ah, that, that's his plan. That. Yeah. Uh, and, and along the way, we meet Mantis, who is a really good, who's a really good character by my, aside from Groot and rocket, probably my favorite <laughs> thing about that movie. I'm ugly. <laughs> uh, yeah. So if I can easily say that, that notwithstanding, um, that's what else happens. Uh, Oh, crap. I just lost his name. The head of the Ravagers. Who am I thinking of, Mike? Yondu? Yondu. Yondu's death scene. That was really emotional. I really liked that. But other than that, oh, the humor in this movie. Oh, I I can just not There it is. We got to the root of the problem. I just say this right here. I hate Drax in this movie. You know, I I gotta say Drax has the least amount to do in this film if he wasn't in this movie i don't think the plot would have changed in any way like mantis explains ego's plan to drax but like if he wasn't in the film she would just explain the plan to like gamora or something i don't know right it's just yeah it's just like the. what if i told you this is a film about family what if i (laughs) told you that doesn't make me like it more (laughs) daniel vin diesel Fast and the Furious. Those films, they're about family, you know? It was about family, you know? <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, it's about your found family, you know? It's about nice. it's about the family you choose, man. Peter Quill, he's literally torn between his chosen family and the and and his given family. And who does he choose? Those weirdos. The exactly. Guardians of the Galaxy. The friends yeah, like he made a- along the way, Daniel. 
Yeah, so like I said, the plot I do not have issues with. The acting, for the most part, is as it is really good. I just, it's just the hum- James Gunn's humor in this movie does not land for me. And when there are so many jokey jokes throughout the movie that I don't find funny, it's just it's not enjoyable to watch. Daniel, what if I told you that some people use humor to hide their pain? What if I told you that? Rocket Raccoon is one of those characters who refuses to deal with his with, with his inner hurt and pain. So he so he uses anger and and and, and self deprecating humor to lash out at other people. What if that, I told you that, Daniel? What if that, what if that, I told you that? That, that is fine. That has been <laughs> that has been done many many other times better in other movies. But I Whoa, know it's wow. Okay. Well, you hear how about, how about we start right here or we continue right here? Where would you personally? put it as far as our ranking goes okay i i even though i joked no i do not think it needs to be below incredible Hulk. if you think so hey we'll, no, we'll talk about it man <laughs> no i don't think it justified that okay but uh i i think it might it might need to go between iron man 2 and incredible hulk wow you 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 were you were literally like oh it's not as bad as Incredible Hulk I think we need to put it right next to Incredible Hulk. <laughs> right. Listen, that's still a pretty big drop. <laughs> oh, poor Incredible Hulk. Edward Norton, man, he was in Fight Club. Edward Norton's great. He deserved better than that movie. <laughs> oh, that's uh, ain't, ain't that the truth? Oh boy. So Mike, it, where, what, what? Give me your thoughts. Give me your thoughts here to rebuff me. All right, so we have Guardians of the Galaxy at number nine, uh, right above Thor the First Thor. I don't think this film stands alone the same way that Guardians of the Galaxy does. I think this is this is literally like episode two of like a space drama starring the Guardians of the Galaxy. So you you need that. You, you definitely need the first movie in order to get the enjoyment of this. Otherwise, you're just going to be lost. What, why are these people angry at each other? Who is this? Like, what's going on? Um, so I, 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 would give, I would give the edge to Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one. So that gives us a buffer of, like, the 10th spot to the 4th, or the, potentially the 15th spot, right? I, I love the themes of Volume 2. I love the way that it's a commentary about found family. I don't think there's a, I mean, there's a lot of like movies that touch upon that. And this is the MCU's version of that. And I think they handled it really well. Like there's, there's touching moments. I mean, the humor is subjective. Of course, did I laugh out loud at a lot of the jokes? Nah, I didn't. Uh, but like, I, I, I think the jokes are there to kind of add levity to a very weighty, heartfelt story but just to you the the jokes didn't not only did they not land they are actively bringing down your enjoyment of the movie right yeah there are just too many there's too many jokes and just they don't land and they're actively detracting from my enjoyment of the movie i think if we just if the humor was just toned down even like even if the jokes were still that same quality but there's less of them it would have not hit because it's like the jokes are really heavy, especially right at the beginning. And it's just like that just sours me for the rest of the movie. But Daniel, what if I told you 
that Miley Cyrus cameos in this movie as a sex robot. I actually did not know that. Is that <laughs> yeah, a real thing? Yeah, she's one of the pleasure bots. Uh, she's actually the one that's uh, servicing Yondu uh, when he's at that pleasure planet. I don't know the name of it, where the where the sovereign go up to like try to like confront him about it. Yeah, that that's Miley. The one that's like powering down. That's that's Miley Cyrus. I I did not know that. Does that change your opinion? It does all? not. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I, I I thought I might put it out there. So immediately, like, I, I definitely want to take your criticism to heart, right? This is both of our lists. And, uh, you know, granted, I didn't conf- confront consult my family. Otherwise, they would have put this probably much higher than I'm about to, I'm about to re- suggest. Would, would you be opposed to putting this at number 11 in between Thor and Thor to Dark World? Hmm. Do you like Thor the Dark World more than this? Well, I mean, obviously you do, I think, right? So, I, probably, but, you know, like, really, when we start getting, for me personally, everything below Thor kind of hits, like, that same around level of quality. Mid, just kind of mid. Yeah, kind of mid, yeah, mid. So, I would, let's see, I'm trying to think. Would you rather watch this or Ant-Man? <laughs> I mean, I don't remember anything I'm making, from Ant Man. Yeah, so I'm not I, making fun of Ant Man. I'm just like asking: Would you rather watch this, watch a movie about real themes, than Ant Man's origin story? To your all right, I think maybe I can I can go with you there. Just for right now, again, at least I remembered things that happened in this movie. Okay. So I think, okay, if you're willing to say that, I think I can put this between Thor, Dark World, and Ant-Man. You know, you did admit, too, you were touched by, like, Yondu's death. Yes, I'm trying trying to remember the things I do like to try to pull me back, because that's a great, like, you know, he was your father, but he ain't ain't your daddy. That's a great, that's a great scene. Yeah, it, it, it works both comedically, and it's also the theme of the movie right right and, so, and also one of the jokes that did make me like laugh out loud was i'm mary poppins y'all yeah it's like it's like it's like man you look just like mary poppins is he cool <laughs> one of my favorite lines yeah i was like that's like the ending of the movie i i do i do like and i will yeah. say that, that for that i would say i like better than ant-man which i can remember like next to nothing about yeah there's a there's a yellow ant-man um and he wants he wants the he wants the pims, yes. and then the and then Hank Pym wants the pims, so they they stole the pims. Yes, <laughs> Ant Man, everyone. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so so in between so, Thor: The Dark World and Ant Man, you say? I, I think I think I would say that's a good place to put it. Ooh, see instinctively i was going to be like hey let's put this right underneath dr strange let's put this like in between dr strange and the avengers so i was like putting it right here at number 12 that's ah man you're killing me smalls so you know what we'll give it to you we'll give it to you all right i i think there's better films to fight the fight over and and i'll be honest you know just like with dr strange i haven't revisited guardians of the galaxy volume 2 a lot that's, I think that's more of a personal thing, though. Like movies about like absentee fathers, like you know, not about it. You know, I won't get into it, but I'm not about right. it. And, and as my and from my perspective, is I've seen this story told many times, and I don't really relate to it. So sure, yeah, exactly. So you know, I 
do relate to it, so I'm not about it. So you don't want to watch it. (laughs) Completely understandable. Yeah. So yeah, personally for me, I would put this much higher, but you know, we're going to keep it right here. And I and I do respect your opinion. I think your opinions are valid. That 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 final thing where Peter turns into Pac Man, I I I audibly groaned in the theater. I went ugh. Yes, like, I, yes. So I was just like, "What? What just happened? What just happened?" <laughs> I think that was probably our most contentious film of these fifteen that we've done so far. Probably. I think we're going to be in somewhat agreement for these last three here. So let's get started with our very first Sp- MCU Spider-Man movie, Homecoming. My oh, gosh, such a good what movie. a fantastic film! Exactly. This does. This is an origin story without being an origin story. This is one of Marvel's best films, despite it stylistically not being very interesting, in my opinion. Like, yeah. I, I, I would have loved to give this to like any other director, like any other director who like has like a good eye for visuals or or, uh, or even framing or anything. Like, that's real, my real, real only question. criticism. Yes. Do you, who directed this? I don't remember. Off the top so of his head. name is John Watts. Uh, he wasn't really known for anything. He's done a couple of films uh, prior to this. He's done five films in his career. Three of them I, were Spider-Man movies. Well, all right then. Yeah. So prior to this, he's done like music videos and other like uh, like commercial work, things okay, like that. So, so he wasn't really well known. Up and cover then. Yeah, pretty much up and cover. Like Mar- a lot, a lot of big studios do that. They they take a indie director or an up and coming director, and then they ruin them. Turn them into corporate shills. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> give them, give them a taste of that Skrilla, so they never they never try anything artistic ever again. But uh, <laughs> I'm being too critical. Uh, but Spider Man Homecoming, though, despite my criticisms of this the style of this movie kind of being bland, like especially like. This is this is like two Spider-Men after the Tobey Maguire films, who were directed by Sam Raimi, one of Hollywood, one of our most interesting directors of this time, right? Oh yeah, like that's the thing I always said. Like, yes, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies are kind of cheesy, as when you look back upon them. But can't front that Sam Raimi has a very distinct visual style. He gave those movies. You're not going to mistake them for anyone else. Yeah. He's got an, he's got a specific vision and, and, and and I, I have a lot, I have a lot of problems with like Sony pictures, especially nowadays, but like Sony pictures, let him have his vision back in 2002. And yeah, that, that, those movies should be applauded, right? Like, you know, various quality of the execution, notwithstanding, like, you remember those films. You remember those scenes. You remember like s- specific framing of like certain shots. Like I can't really tell you like anything interesting visually from Homecoming. There's one scene I really like when Peter is like trying to free himself from the rubble. But the power of that scene and the the reason why that scene is so memorable to me is all on the acting of Tom Holland. Yeah, right. It's Tom Holland and maybe a little bit of the mu- of the musical company. Yeah, the musical score. score. Yeah, exactly. Scores, but yeah, but yeah, I agree with you. It's like I see it definitely like it didn't like nothing about the direction still kind of bad or anything. But yeah, just like you said, just it doesn't have a distinct visual style, which Marvel oftentimes does. So. Yeah, so it's kind of it's kind of shocking to me that like they let their prized possession Spider Man. Um, you know, not not Marvel cinematic. Like, the, arguably, Spider Man is like Marvel's. He is Marvel Marvel's Superman. 
he's yeah. Marvel. He's he's to Marvel what the Trinity is to DC. Pretty much, yeah. So it's it's kind of sho- it was kind of shocking to me that like they gave this movie to a director that didn't really do anything interesting with it. So like this movie is really sitting high on its actors, on its on its premise, on its guest uh, on, on its guest cameos, on its integration into the MCU. Every single thing is hitting at 10 out of 10, except for the visuals. And it this this movie is still great despite it. I definitely I agree with that. Yeah, we but, got Michael Keaton back, you know, oh back in ma- back in kind of like mainstream films as the vulture. They took this dopey old nothing villain that from right? from the comics like nobody cared about Adrian no, Toomes, like, right? No, like when I heard they were he's going to be the villain and as he in Homecoming, I'm like, that's a that's a weird pull. I can think of many other Spider-Man villains I would want to see in a movie before the Vulture. Yeah, exactly. And they took him and they made him one of the most compelling villains that the MCU has ever had. And thankfully, he lives at the end. So Yeah, he, he I, lives so he can be in the Sinister Six movie. Oh, Sony. Sony, oh, Sony, what, Sony. What, are, what are we doing? What are you doing, Sony? <laughs> Michael Keaton, retire now. Don't be a part of this. <laughs> As they go back to playing Batman or whatever they had you do for the Ezra Miller's Flash movie that we'll never get to see. Uh, that, that that's that's going to get dumped on HBO Max. I guarantee it. <laughs> yeah, I'll just wait for it. It'll come out right after Oscar season when, where they dump every movie that no one cares about. <laughs> but, I'll, uh, I'll still watch it. I'll, I'll watch it too. I mean, I'm not going to... I don't know if I want to... I don't know if I feel comfortable giving money that will support a, a sex criminal but like luckily for me hbo max just comes with our phone plans so. oh well, there you go <laughs> so i don't have to give any extra money to to watch this movie so it's corporations shaking other corporations hands and you are not <laughs> part of it buddy <laughs> yeah, I, I wash my hands of it <laughs> uh be that as it may though like what i do love too about this film this is also post civil war so this is our first inter- this, this is our we're, we're seeing tony stark again for the first time since that movie and just like all the best Tony Stark performances from Robert Downey Jr. He's both a villain and he's both the hero in this. And I love it. Oh, ah, yes. We can't just underestimate that Tony Stark is one of the greatest characters. Oh, absolutely, man. Like we, we, we are living in like great times as geeks, dude. But uh, yeah, like everything is hitting so hard for this film. This is such a rewatchable film. Like, Oh, like definitely. the jokes land like it's not one of those it, it, it's so easy for like especially like teen comedies to just have like cringy jokes that'll that'll that, that won't that that won't that won't stand the test of time even like a couple years they'll be just super dated right after that but dude the the the, the jokes land the cameos land dude donald glover is in this film as miles morales's uncle wait what i missed this when does this happen so you I, know, you know who when um when Peter oh, is interrogating okay. Aaron, right, right, a, okay. a man named Aaron Davis. Do you know oh, who Aaron right. Davis yes. is? Okay, yeah, I do know how it is. That's right. Okay, I did remember that. You just I just forgot that, and you reminded me of it. Okay, yeah, I remember. Yeah. So we that have is awesome. We have a literal confirmation that Miles Morales exists in the MCU. We just haven't seen him yet. I'm sure we'll I see him wait. at some point. Yeah, can't wait because my uh, underrated take is I think Miles Morales might be my favorite Spider Man. I mean, he is amazing. Let's just throw into the Spider-Verse, into this MCU ranking. We'll just throw it at number one right now. 
there you go. It's probably my one. It's probably like a top five favorite movie of all time for me. Anyway, back to back to Homecoming. Well, let's get back to the movie we're actually supposed to be talking about. <laughs> Too many Spider Men. <laughs> but uh, yeah, dude. Like, do you have any other like criticisms uh, about this I, movie? I, I really don't like. Just Homecoming is one of those great movies where I, I to me, it's you know, it's not in like the like near the, like at the top of the list. Obviously, like it's not like in the top two, two or three for me. But there's nothing really wrong with it. It's just kind of like I joke with it. It's one of those movies that's boringly perfect. Oh, okay. I get. Yeah, I, I know what you, I know what you mean. It's like there, it, it's, the flaws are so nitpicky and minimal that it's just kind of not interesting to talk about, right? You know, I, I always joke that it's like you know, it's like the original Star Wars movie. Yes, you can nitpick this to death if you want, but it's fun. Enjoy it. It's good. So don't worry about it. Yeah, that's a great. Yeah, that's a great point. Great point. So instinctively then where would you, where do you where do you think this belongs uh it be- i think it belongs somewhere in the realm of i think it belongs below age of ultron so around doctor strange the first avengers and iron man 3 in that whole area i was definitely thinking top five as well but i was going to kind of kind of tread water a little bit and i was gonna see what you were gonna say i was gonna say can we put this in between civil war and and winter soldier (laughs) i I don't i like (laughs) this movie but i cannot i can't put it that high for me i I was just i was just seeing what you were gonna say i like winter soldier a little too much (laughs) all right i understand do you like iron man more than this film i i think i i think i do i think i do too yeah i i think iron man is just too too good too important too groundbreaking even to this day like we are what 2017 so we are nine years on to the mcu at this point and like it still holds up and it's still better than most of these films so i yeah i don't think i'm comfortable putting homecoming over that either are you comfortable putting homecoming above age of ultron kind of yeah it's like I, i'm i'm i i don't know like uh, it's it's for me it's either above age of ultron or above doctor strange and i don't i t- i'm i'm kind of pondering my head which one it should be i i say let's go bold and put it above age of ultron i think so because like we said there are nitpicky problems so there's nothing really we can complain about and we can complain about things about age of ultron despite how yeah that movie is. yeah we we like age of ultron despite how bloated it is despite and the despite boob jokes some, yeah despite some of this we like it despite the director and while we do like homecoming I'm a despite i'll see i'm reinstating prima nocta <laughs> oh yeah that I, joke that is like the i i told my friends like that's the most untony like joke i have ever heard what is wrong with you Josephine? yeah he, he he just thinks he owns all of ginkdom so there we go yeah uh homecoming above age of ultron that sticks at number four dude that is a good nice. spot for it that, like, is, that is a good spot for that yeah right there well, next we'll to see. iron man too dude I said we iron man as in. well not iron man too <laughs> yes but i said well it's in the top five is it gonna be when we're done with these last two movies Maybe. (laughs) I I was so scared to answer that. Well, let's get to it right now, man. 2017, November November 3rd, 2017. Thor Ragnarok. This was shortly after 
the Justice League, dude. Oh. <laughs> I, I swear to you, Mike, I have access to HBO Max now as I previously stated. I will watch. We will watch. I will watch the Snyder Cut. I promise you. Have you seen the Have you seen the Ultimate Cut of Batman vs Superman? I have not. Can I convince you to throw that into? I, I maybe maybe I will on a, on a weekend where I'm bored and I fiance and I convince my fiance to let me put this on. I will just, I will get around to it. If I visit Mobile, Alabama, one day, and we you know we, we're hanging out, right? You you know, you're showing me your new house. Congratulations again, by the way. And you know I I'm just like, oh hey Daniel, let me I got something in my bag really quick. Can I show it to you? And when you tentatively nervously say yes, because you know me, you don't know what's in my freaking bag, right? You don't want to pull out, right? It's 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 the ultimate edition of BVS and the Snyder Cut on on Blu-ray. We're we're gonna watch this together, right? Yeah, of course. Seven hours worth. Two yeah, films. I, will, I mean, hey, I mean, uh, they basically and Warner Brothers and DC have basically said the Snyder verse is dead. So I guess well, as well, I think. What is Warner? Not, so, so what does Warner Brothers know? What does Warner Brothers know, dude? Come on, come on. I we don't need. Can, well, I said I read that news just the other day, and my reaction was, "Well, okay, then." I have no reaction to that, dude. I've been going through the grieving process of this since <laughs> I, Justice I, League. I know. I first thing I thought when I read that news article was, "Well, Mike's gonna want to talk about this." <laughs> yeah, Mike's gonna be very upset by this, and I'm gonna be ambivalent. <laughs> You're just like you're just secretly like rubbing your palms together, like yeah, yeah. Let me feed on your anger. <laughs> I can I can see you over there, dude. Anyway, I, mean, I, mean, I do get I think I do get a serotonin boost every time I I <laughs> you in the balls about about the Snyderverse. Thor <laughs> oh, anyway, Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok. A great film from 2017. That is great. Uh, <laughs> um, I, again, one of my fiance's favorite of the MCU movies. She, this, she loves Thor. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That's right. You guys. Uh, you, you you and you guys. Your guys' opinions of the first. Uh, two Thor movies are a little bit higher than mine as well, too. So, yeah, like I you guys was riding high for this movie. Uh, yeah, well, I think definitely her because she the Thor movies were the first MCU movies she watched. Oh, right on! Like uh, she literally told me that she watched the the three Thor movies, Doctor Strange, then Infinity War and Endgame. <laughs> Oof! I mean, like if <laughs> you just, only have time to watch like a few films before Infinity War and Endgame, that's not a that's not a bad, you know bunch to watch uh, i said as i told her i was like man you must have been so confused <laughs> going on infinity war in game well even just like thor as a central character in infinity war like that is that's quite the arc you know like watching that and, character go through his solo films and then like after he's lost everything in ragnarok and like thanos just takes that one last thing that he has from him right his brother and the last of his people and then his right. quest for revenge on there. That's that's an incredible through line, man. Oh, yeah, definitely. Thor, I underratedly, Thor has one of the best character arcs of any MCU character. Yeah, he's like, despite... He might be the most tragic characters. Yeah, I was going to say MCU. that, too. Like, despite the comedic turn that both Ragnarok and Love and Thunder, which, no no spoilers for Love and Thunder. I know you haven't seen it yet. And it's right. the newest movie, so I'm not going to talk about it. But, uh, like, despite the comedic tones of that, like, he is the most tragic character. Like... And there, and, and I'm saying that, knowing that like main characters have died, <laughs> right. there are fates worse than death, and 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 Thor has lived it. 
Exactly. So, but yeah, Thor Ragnarok, I was, like, I haven't seen Love and Thunder. That movie actually kind of scares me. I hope I like it. That's based off the trailers. But uh, Thor Ragnarok is my favorite Thor movie. I think that's, that's not, a, that is not a controversial opinion, I don't wow, think. Wow, what a hot take, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're, next thing you next thing you want to tell me, you're, you're going to want to rank it high on the list, huh? Pretty high? Yes. <laughs> yeah, pretty high. Like, I definitely think this is the movie where, they finally kind of figured out what on earth to do with Thor stylistically and visually. Thor has been handled by, let's see the directors here. He's been handled by Kenneth Branagh, Alan such Taylor. such a weird director. I think, you know, I, I understand why they went that way, right? He's, he's directed like other like Shakespearean epics right, as well yeah, in his career. So. Thor with his setting and everything make, could make sense for that. It's just yeah. such an odd choice to me. Yeah, it worked though. I, I, and I, I have no, I, and I have no idea about the who the director for Thor two is. So I don't. Yeah, know so about he's been work. Thor's been handled by Kenneth Branagh, Alan Taylor, Joss Whedon, Joss Whedon again, and now Taika Waititi. He's been handled by five directors at this point. So, like, yeah, people didn't really know what to do with Thor, and you know, uh, Chris Hemsworth just as a human being has great charisma. He's got great comedic timing. He's kind of like in between Thor movies when he's been in other films, like he's kind of shown off his his comedic chops here and there. So I think finally they're just going to let, uh, you know, the, the, the MCU is just going to let Chris Hemsworth kind of be himself a little bit, which is great. And they got a director in Taika Waititi, which, I mean, you think Kenneth Branagh is a weird director for oh, Thor? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Taika Waititi, <laughs> that's a weird. I, my first reaction was the what we do in the shadows guy? Yeah, and that was that was the only thing I knew of him like before Ragnarok because I, I I loved what we do in the shadows and I looked up looked up who that director was and just kind of got enthralled into his uh, disc uh, filmography. Uh, I think you know also on a what on a previous what you got there I you know I recommended Jojo Rabbit, which is ah yes that's also another one of his for yeah he directs and plays Hitler. <laughs> yeah, have you seen? Have you ended up? Did you ever watch the film? Uh, I I have not got around to it yet, but I I do know of it. It's yeah. on my list of movies to get around to watching whenever I see them on streaming. Yeah, definitely check that out. Like we, you know, me and my wife, like we love him as a director. Like Hunt for the Wilder People is also a really great film. It kind of takes place also in New Zealand, and you know he's from New Zealand. What we do in the shadows, of course. So very strange that he's a director for Thor Ragnarok and Thor Love and Thunder. And and now and now Disney has him dar- going to direct a Star Wars movie. Yeah, so again, they they take these up and coming, you know, indie directors who have, you know, very clear visions and they're going to ruin them. I I hope not. Dur- Taika Waititi is just great. He is so. a, he he is a treasure. Yeah, and I hope this I hope the Star Wars fandom doesn't break him. Because know, Star Wars has like the yeah. worst fandom. Because I don't know if you were, how much you read about that interview. He's saying, I want to do something truly different for a Star Wars movie. And I'm like, oh, no, you picked the wrong fan base to ask that. Yeah. <laughs> the last time <laughs> say, Star Wars did something different, the entire fan base exploded. Yeah, that's like, I'm like, don't you know, sir, uh, there are thousands of years of history, but everything must be about <laughs> Skywalkers. <laughs> one family, the <laughs> one important family. Something else. <laughs> Please. Uh, yeah, The Last Jedi tried to do something else, and like, I think I was the only person in the world who liked that movie. So, oh, like, no, 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 Mike, you're not the only one. I will defend that movie till the day I die. <laughs> that's my I, favorite Star Wars uh, movie. It, it, uh, not, I think probably the first two original films, notwithstanding, is probably my favorite as well. Oh, thank you, Daniel. This is this is why you and I 
uh, you know, co-host a show together. And I mean <laughs> exactly. that, man. That's awesome. But uh, <laughs> anyway, back to Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> you know, this is also one of, one of another film that we're like, I, I'm having trouble, like, finding nitpicks and criticisms about. Like, it's pretty airtight as a film goes. I think right? so. Like, everything that I said about, like, Homecoming, how it... You know, everything was great. Like the casting is great. The the story is great. There's memorable scenes, except the visuals are just uninteresting. Okay. Yeah. You take that and like, you, you erase that criticism. Visual. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> this movie, I love the visual styling. Oh, like, every oh. frame about it. You know, some of it looks a little cartoonish here and there. Like some of the settings you can right. tell is a green screen. But like, right. it's some of the most interesting like setting like I've ever seen in any, any of these films. It's so great. Exactly, and like I said, and it has like so many great like it's odd choice act like uh, casting choices that end up working, like Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> this is like the best thing I've ever seen Jeff Goldblum in. Uh, He's, right. He just I gets to be Jeff Goldblum, right? And I'll say this as a guy that I maybe it's a hot take. I don't really like Jeff Goldblum a lot. He's a, a little lot extra, of, right? Right. I, I I like him in Jurassic Park, but I feel like he like. He said, "Oh, that's a role of like I'll just do that in every movie." I'm in. Jeff Goldblum is an actor who's aware of the reverence that people hold for him, so he just kind of leans into it. Yeah, yeah, right. He definitely is a like, a, in my opinion, like a Nicolas Cage type of. He knows exactly what people think of him, so he will lean into that hard. But with the character he plays in as the Grand Master, it's the perfect it's, it role perfect. for him. Yes. Wow spot on casting and i like i never in a million years would have thought of him for that role but after <laughs> seeing it, it's like well this just makes perfect sense now absolutely yeah so yeah vi- visually i think it holds I-, I think it's one of the strongest films visually i guess the only criticism i have is that it is such a tonal shift from anything thor related prior right that it's and kind I, of jarring right it is jarring and while i think it is a tonal shift as he is a positive tonal shift that like you're not wrong. Oh, right. It is, yeah. it it's is a step in the right stark. direction, but it, but it makes his prior appearances seem odd in hindsight now. Right. It's like, I'm, I'm so happy. They finally to let Chris Hemsworth, let his natural charisma and humor out and, instead of making him like, so stoic all the time. But it's like, but yeah, it's, it's shocking. Yeah. Yeah, so you know the future of the character, I think, is in good hands. I think be- now going right. forward because of Thor Ragnarok, but I don't think that's a criticism that holds any weights, right? You know, I, I think no. Thor the first Thor and Thor the Dark Thor, like they're still decent enough films and good films on their own, despite the character going in a different direction in the future. So yeah so maybe we can just disregard that as a criticism so that being said is it better than homecoming i think so i think so is it better than iron man i i I think so i oh i think though i think i think this has a sense of personality a sense of uniqueness that I think Iron Man kind of lacks, right? If you think about the ending and climax of Iron Man, right, he's just right. fighting an evil th- Iron Iron Man, which right? is the uh, plot devils every Iron Man movie. Yeah, yeah. And, you think and, about the you think about Thor Ragnarok. I mean, he's kind of fighting an evil Thor in in a way, but like sort he's of, not I'll really. He, that, that yeah, he different. can't he can't overcome. He doesn't defeat her in the end, right? Yeah, he, he does. Just, he, 
I, I'll appreciate because you know what? His reaction is just to let Ragnarok happen is the yeah. only way to beat and destroy his home, which I appreciate that. Like that's a very different ending. Yeah. And it's, a, and, and it adds more weight to that, to, to that character and it adds meaningful weight. And speaking of meaningful weight, like this character, this, this movie deals with a lot of stuff. Like he loses his father. He loses his, he loses his beloved hammer. He, be- he, he loses his home. He loses, you know, he's, he's reminded of like, the loss of his mother. He's loses his, I mean, well, he, he comes to terms with the fact that he and his brother will never be on the same terms ever again. Right. And and that's, right. that's devastating. Right. And then shortly thereafter, he's about to lose his people when the post credit scene where Thanos shows up. So like, man, like this, this, despite its humor, despite its levity, this, this is a dark and heavy film and it's all handled with a deft hand with a deft directorial and editing hand. And can I say yeah. the same thing about Iron Man? I don't know. I don't know. I, and definitely visually, definitely as more of a unique visual identity than Iron Man, I have to give it that. Is it better than The Winter Soldier? Mm. I want I to inter- I, I I entertain know. that idea. All right, let's let's entertain this idea. What would your <laughs> well are you put you are you put this forward? Why do you think it should be above Winter Soldier? I think just strictly on its style and its boldness, it, it, it's got a, it's got a, it's got a boldness and a swagger that I think, I mean, the winter soldier is a different type of film. It's a spy thriller, right? They're, right? Very, it doesn't, they're very hard to compare. That, that right. is one of the other reasons. Sorry. It's they're very and, and, different movies. And then when you're thinking about these films back to back, it's like, Oh my gosh, these take place in the same universe. And these characters are friends, <laughs> which is so <laughs> right. weird. But, uh, but I, I, I don't know. Like I, if, if I'm in the mood for a spy thriller, like, of course I'm going to go for like the winter soldier, but when I'm in a, when I'm in the mood just to be entertained, I kind of just want to put Ragnarok on. You know, that is fair. Uh, I think these two films are perfect just as films, but it's just more about personal taste now. Yeah, it's about personal taste. So like that's that's for a problem. That's probably where it is. Like, I, I, I think I'm willing to put it below winter soldier but above iron man but i don't i don't know if i can put yeah. it above winter soldier i think keeping winter soldier and civil war like right next to each other is kind of poetic and perfect right. so maybe it we should makes... just keep it that way for now okay yeah for now Thor ragnarok you are now the dorkiest number three nice dude that's a good spot dude oh here we go. The last one we're going to be tackling for today, the 18th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This took this this was released in February 16th, 2018, 3 months before the char- the main character gets dusted <laughs> in Avengers uh, Infinity War. This is Black Panther, dude. Introduced of course in uh, Captain America Civil War in 2016. We got uh we got we got uh, T'Challa and an uh, origin story of sorts, right? His origin was right. kind of told in a uh, Civil War, but now we're kind of we're 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 introduced to his homeland, we're introduced to his people, we're introduced more to his power set and who he is uh and his friends and his family and his nation and the and the, and the stuff that he has to go through as king regent man black panther is a there's a lot of film in that there's a lot going on yeah 
and it, I it is one of my absolute favorite. Not even saying Marvel, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. It is so good, dude. Like we, there is just so many themes that, that just make me feel like there's so many themes of this movie that where I feel like as a dumb white guy, I can't even really <laughs> begin to grasp. <laughs> and I and I think that's what's great about this film too. Like it doesn't talk down to people. Like it's about black suffering and it's about like the history of like black oppression uh but it doesn't even though even though eric stevens killmonger like even though his mission is to take revenge on behalf of um on on behalf of africans around the world like the movie itself doesn't talk down to colonizers or 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 their or their kin or you know or you know white people i'm, I'm, right, I'm trying right. to say it, like, what i think we said like some things about race are meant to make you feel guilty i don't necessarily think that's what i don't think that's what black panther's trying to do it's not trying to make you feel guilty no and and but it, but it also does that it does that wonderful thing that i think great villains have where like dude you got I, a great point, man. Like, like, you know, like I clearly, I was like, dude, I am with like I I I always tell people I can't disagree with your premise. I disagree with your execution. Yeah, and it's and, and yeah, again, it's, it's that great kind of classic tale that's always kind of told where like the where where, where, where the protagonist and the antagonist kind of have the same goal in mind. They're just going about it different ways. It's very Professor X and Magneto, right? Yes. Yeah. So like it, it's it, this is just a, a great way to tell that story, just from a very like race-centric uh, point of view and my gosh like you know all of the stuff we talked about for thor ragnarok with its visuals and its style and its sense oh, of yeah. wonder that I exists here in black panthers yeah, i love how visual the visuals of the movie and i come into this i come into this in black panther being one of my favorite marvel characters yeah and this is i think you know a lot of people's like introduction to black panther I and mean, granted like for myself when i was reading marvel comics i never read black panther like solo series he was always a part of like an ensemble team like he always showed up in like avenger stuff he always showed right, up in like captain america stuff here and there right, that's my stuff i never really read directly black panther comics but i loved the time he showed up and i fell in love with him through uh uh the avengers cartoon that came out like oh in yeah mid like that that was where i really fell in love with him yeah he was in the x-men cartoon as well yeah. oh yeah that's right i forgot yeah. that yeah, so but, he yeah. so he's shown up like in media uh, here and there, but like he finally got like his big, you know, coming out party to the world really in in right. this movie. And I was yeah, and I was so amazed when I heard like they're making a Black Panther. I'm like, I never in a million years would have thought we'd actually get a Black Panther movie. That's crazy. And I but it makes that. sense. Like Marvel has always been like in the comics, like at the forefront of like social issues. That's I mean the the X Men exists strictly on that, right? Like it's social issues and like political issues and like you know messages of equality and. And in uh, humanism and things like that, Marvel has always told those types of stories. So it, it makes, in, in a way, like we never thought we would get to this point where like Black Panther would have his own movie. But like, it makes sense that we that that, that we're at this point, right? Right? Exactly. That's awesome, dude. And like, dude, Chadwick Boseman, man. Oh man, and it's like, so yeah, sad man. we're never going to see him again, like in this role. All right. And I just saw the tree. I just like saw the trailer for Wakanda, Wakanda Forever. Forever. And yeah. uh, oh my! And I, I, the scene where they're all in white, which you clearly tell is probably supposed to be T'Challa's funeral. And I'm just like, oh god, this movie's gonna make me cry. Yeah, I mean, if you if you remember the um, the uh, the 
what's what's the name of their afterlife the the the, the elder uh, elder plane I, I think it is yeah something, I, like I'm, something like that i'm blanking out right now yeah so t'challa's ancestors when they go to the afterlife they're dressed in all white so that's right. uh, that's most definitely like t'challa's uh funeral so and then the mural over there very mi- mirroring you know the the iron man murals that we see in like uh far from home in a, in a later film too so yeah yeah dude like i'm 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 nervous about that film. Like the the the, the trailer is very interesting, very striking, right. great yeah, fact, visual gonna, storytelling yeah. in that in that in that yeah, exactly. trailer. I'm I'm because like, there seems like there's gonna be a lot of movie in that movie. Yeah, and also behind the scenes too. I I I don't know about. Uh, uh, don't know about one of that. Letitia Wright. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I but he said, but even just like you know, they have to deal with. I'm sure, like T'Challa not being there anymore. Uh, who's going to take out the Black Panther mantle? Apparently, we're in, we're bringing the Atlanteans and Namor into this. Yeah, and you know, black a lot of like Black Panthers like early storytelling in the comic books too. Like, it deals a lot with like the war with the Atlanteans too. So it's cool that they're doing this story uh, right now. But it's, again, it's just a shame that like T'Challa is not going to be there to 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 lead that war too, right? Right. So. It's. Like I said, and I know that the fan base is very divided on the recast or not to recast thing. Yeah, I wonder if like Chadwick Boseman, if 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 he had a say in it, like would they recast? Like, you know, if if he would give his blessing to recast, like I imagine he probably would, right? I imagine he probably would, but yeah. you know, I under I completely understand people involved in not wanting to as well. So I heard this great quote once about like you know the 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 immortality of a character right and and a a a character is truly a classic and immortal character when you can cast anyone in that role right that's why we've had like multiple batman multiple superman you know one day we're going to get another iron man we're going to get another captain america one day right so like why not just do the same thing for black panther i know you know it's supposed to be the same character playing it and you know we've done recasting in the mcu already like edward norton to um the other guy <laughs> what's his name uh you know i just mark thought, ruffalo I, I, yeah mark ruffalo there yeah go. yeah roadie has been recast as well you know there's there's been multiple recastings in the mcu and i know t'challa is an important character but like let's just let's just recast it man like uh, it, it's it's tragic of course but like I, I i don't know if we can just keep like tiptoeing around his death right but, uh, you know, back to the yeah, movie let's... proper, right? Uh, you know, right. The, this movie's great, stylish, well cast. The the the, the score is incredible uh, as well. Yeah, the score is great. The soundtrack is incredible. Yeah, the, the, this kind of like lo- a- Afro-futuristic yeah. kind of soundtrack that kind of it, yeah, it, yeah. it's all throughout. Exactly. Yeah, and it gave us a great Kendrick Lamar album out of it. So <laughs> There you go, right? Yeah, I, 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 I heard the soundtrack to uh, to uh, Black Panther 2 like shortly after it came out. Um my my i do have a pretty major criticism though the visual the the visual fidelity especially in the climax of the film is rubbery and very distracting so you know when uh, black panther and killmonger are like fighting in that the in, in the underground like train sequence yeah they look like playstation 3 graphics Ah, this is probably where it would become a handy if I had rewatched this beforehand because I don't remember. I, it probably would have helped if I rewatched this just to, to remember because that didn't immediately stick out to me. But it's okay. been a little bit since I've seen this movie. But I so I but I will I will take your criticism on that. Yeah, 
Uh, I mean, I'll bet once that fight is over, though, like huge emotional payoff with you know the death of Eric, uh, Killmonger, and stuff like that. Like I love, I, I love his like his final words. Uh, you know how he, he just like just like when the you know the slave drivers took the slaves from Africa. Some of them, you know, you know some he, he, he I forget the exact quote, but he, he but he mentions that like some of the slaves would rather like jump the ship than be you know turned into slaves. So you know. He just accepts his death at that point. So yeah, what a what a what a great way to end that character's uh, storyline. Um, but yeah, uh, outside of that, I think this movie is almost perfect. I think just with some little bit more of like visual fidelity, like it would have been a little less distracting. But that's my only real criticism about it. Okay, so Mike is uh, Black Panther better than Thor Ragnarok? Is that where you're thinking? May I might I might be so I'm curious. So what what was your gut reaction to when I say that? I don't think it's better than Thor Ragnarok though. Mm. I think Thor Ragnarok is too airtight, right? I think. Well, you know what though? I don't know. <laughs> Daniel, save me. <laughs> well, see, Mike. I wanted to start there because my main because my gut reaction for Black Panther is: Does it belong between Civil War and Winter Soldier? Oh, you're you're pulling a mic here. You're pulling a mic here. I see what game you're playing. All right. <laughs> wow, over Winter Soldier, huh? You're putting two films where Black Panther features right next to each other. You like them that much? Hi, right, yes, I do. <laughs> cool. I don't think Black Panther's better than The Winter Soldier though as a film. Mm. Like I said, that was I'm just, just kind of gauging where you're at here. You know, there's some like yeah. dopey aspects to the Winter Soldier, like all the stuff with um, um, uh, the brainy guy where he's he's a computer now. Uh, <laughs> like, that's pretty dopey. Yeah, that's, that's pretty silly, but you know, but like it is... fits the it fits that universe, so it fits it the does. tone of that movie. Oh, I'm trying to I'm trying to compare apples to oranges here, and this is this is very difficult. I knew this would be a hard one to place because my only real criticism is just the rubbery CGI at the end. But everything else is so good. It's got a... I don't know. Is the soundtrack better than Thor Ragnarok? It's more uh, memorable. I, 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 personally, for me, I think it is. <laughs> yeah. But then when you watch Thor Ragnarok, it's, there's like these weird synths that's like... Because we watched it recently. Cause we watched it like the weekend before we... Uh, saw love and thunder so it's pretty fresh in my mind um and like the the weird synthy odd soundtrack in the background of thor ragnarok is very distinct and it's very and it very much suits that film but again that kendrick lamar kind of centric soundtrack of black panther is too good it has to be stopped it's too powerful dude (laughs) you want to put it at number two Let's see. I as a, I don't know. Are are you comfortable playing it at two, or does it need to go at three? Because <laughs> see, then I feel guilty. Because like, there's aspects of Black Panther where I think are better than Winter Soldier, but I think there's aspects of Winter Soldier that I think are better than Black Panther. Ah, so it's uh, so. Yeah, I think I think Winter Soldier has a better climax, of, and I think Winter Soldier just painting with a broad brush here has laid 
a larger groundwork for the MCU more than Black Panther has, where Black Panther is kind of a more of a centralized story. I think maybe Wakanda Forever might be like the Winter Soldier of like that 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 set of films, where I think like that war with the Atlanteans might like send repercussions throughout the rest of the universe. So I don't that, know. That's very fair. Yeah, I, I I like I like Bucky as a villain more. I like Hydra as a villain more. But Killmonger's like a more compelling, more realistic villain that like I kind of agree with. <laughs> I did not know I'd have make the, give you this much of existential crisis. Oh man, I'm I'm broken. This this part broke me. All right, Black Panther. Let's just do it. Black Panther's number two. All right, let's just do, right, it. Let's let's do, just do it. it. All right, right. Because uh, if I if I overthink this, I'm just gonna start like overthinking everything, and I'm gonna be like, "Is Thor Ragnarok really that good? Maybe it's not that good. Maybe <laughs> I maybe I've wasted my entire life. Maybe the Justice League really is better than Zack Snyder's Justice League. <laughs> no, nope. never that, Mike. Never that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Daniel, we did it. We did it. That should was excruciating. Yes, let's recap. Let's recap. Let's go from the bottom to the top. We started from the bottom. Now we're here. Oh, I'm sorry, Incredible Hulk. Oh, poor guy. <laughs> we're not. We, we keep trying to send you some friends, but like nothing's nothing's as bad as you, man. I'm so sorry about that. You keep hanging out with Tony Stark over there with Iron Man number two at 17, Ant Man at number 16, number 15. Big upset. In my opinion, I'm still kind of, still kind of reeling from this one. But like Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two at number fifteen, and that's being generous on your end. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> number fourteen, Thor: The Dark Thor. Number thirteen, Thor: The First Thor. Guardians of the Galaxy number one at number twelve. Captain America: The First Avenger at number eleven. And here we go: the top ten according to the Dorkiest for now. No, Iron Man 3, number 9, Marvel's The Avengers, number 8, Doctor Strange. You know, I'm looking at this like rank, ranking right now. I think that's good. I was I was I was worried about that when we put that in a, when we put that in between these two Avengers films, but I think that's good. I think so too. Yeah. Avengers Age of Ultron at number 7, Spider-Man Homecoming at number 6, and then you can, now I'm second guessing. I'm like, is that too low? And then I see the top <laughs> 5, and I'm like, nah, that's good. Number five, Iron Man. Number four, Thor Ragnarok. Number three, Captain America the Winter Soldier. Number two, Black Panther. That's right, where it belongs. And of course, number That's one, right. at Captain America Civil War. Were you thinking Captain America Civil War should be number one? I know you kind of struggled with it, but were you kind of, kind of leaning that way? As I, as I, like I said, when we started this, I did not know whether I could say that, but looking at the list here, I think this is a good list. I think this list is is where it should be at this point in the phases. Yeah, I think we I think we're doing a really good job with this. I, I, I feel comfortable with this. I feel comfortable like sharing this publicly and be like, hey guys, I talked about it. There's like nine hours worth of content of us talking about this <laughs> right so oh my gosh there'll be so much content by the time we get to phase four. Oh, dude when we finish the infinity saga i'm gonna put a compilation episode where it's like four hours long of us just talking and ranking these films that'd be great that that sounds amazing speaking of phase four by the way and i know we kind of got like a reshuffling of the films uh before we kind of end up the episode here and you know phase four is now going to end with uh wakanda forever here in november uh so i was thinking that we can probably 
do the same thing like sometime in 2023 if you're if if, if you want to do that uh but we'll kind of divide it between like the films and the shows, and the shows. that's that sounds like a good way to do it because at least as of now i'm pretty much almost caught up i have to catch up on, on ms marvel but other than that I, i'm fully caught and i'll have to go see thor love and thunder yeah but, uh, which will come out I'm, on disney plus pretty soon like uh, yeah. like disney's been pretty pretty much sticking yes. pretty close to their 45 day uh uh, theatrical run so you'll see that pretty right. soon yeah so i'll get to that soon yeah and then we but, got uh, um she hulk and oh, it comes out on my birthday actually and then ah. and then i think that's the last show this year and then we got wakanda forever in november yeah, i think I, uh, yeah i think so too much this, this is way too much that's <laughs> it there is so much i you know we had a hard time you know ranking like films when they were just like coming at like two and three a year I, I'm I'm not looking that, forward to ranking these multiverse the the, the multiverse saga. Uh, no, no, that's gonna be that's gonna be a lot. <laughs> Daniel is Black Widow better than Thor Ragnarok? <laughs> Prepare to have that conversation one day. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I probably will. I will probably want to place it higher than most people. <laughs> oh, look at that! You tease, Daniel. What you got there? Mike, what I got here is since I basically turned what you got there into what have I been watching? What recently. have you been watching over there? <laughs> as, the, uh, as you know, uh, as, and I know, like, I know I I harp on Netflix. <laughs> but I know <laughs> Just we, uh, delete right. it, dude. Cancel your subscription. You hate it. Uh, yes, I yes, I'll have to cancel my subscription that I totally pay for. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you totally pay for? Just like me. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. <laughs> I see. Can I start sending sending someone two dollars a month now? Oh god! Uh, when they start yeah. adding that. Good job, Netflix. Good job. Good job. You know, canceling your own subscriber base. Right, but uh, a show that I've been meaning to get around to that is on Netflix, aside from the last season, which I think is still currently going. Uh, I mean, my fiance have been watching Better Call Saul. Oh wow, dude! I absolutely love breaking bad and yep <laughs> let me finish <laughs> I, just, I just thought that was a great result I was like oh okay well i absolutely I, I, love breaking bad some of the best tv ever created right oh yes i i completely agree with you and shortly after season five of breaking bad when they announced that hey saul goodman's gonna have his own show it's gonna be written and you know spear and uh, show run by vince gilligan the creator of breaking bad i had zero interest in this i like I, my, saul goodman my, right and, and bob bob odenkirk and everything but like oh, yeah i had no interest in the show how is this show excuse me uh, the show, i mean i think the show is great yeah and you're what like uh, caught up to like the fifth sixth season right now no we're right in the middle of season four right now so we're not totally caught up but we're, we're shotgunning through it pretty quickly it's crazy to I'd me like, that this spinoff got more episodes than the actual show right, is spinning and, off. And, right. And it's uh, currently, I think in August is the second half of the final season will be airing. Oh, right on. Yeah. I've been so seeing right a lot of like news and stuff that this show is coming to an end soon. Right. And I'm like, I, you know I me, mean? I love my hot takes at some points watching the show. I was like, is this better than breaking bad? I don't mean, maybe, probably not. I'm just trying to mean like to get my hot takes, but man, it's like, it is. <laughs> absolutely this of the same caliber in but my daniel opinion. is better call saul better than thor ragnarok <laughs> yes <laughs> what it is 
<laughs> I don't. I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> but like we said, the show is it's absolutely not at all what I thought it would, what you think it would be. Okay, based off the premise, but it's great because effectively it is it is called Better Call Saul, but effectively it is the Saul and Mike show. Yeah, Mike uh, Aaron Aaron Trout, I think his last name is. Yeah, right? yeah, Mike is a huge part of it. Uh, we're now getting heavy into the stuff with Gus and the cartel. It's really great. Uh, oh, fantastic! Uh, Michael Michael Mondo is great in that. I loved it. As soon as I saw him watch it, I was like, "It's Boss." <laughs> Who's Michael Mondo? Uh, the actor. He is the he is the voice actor that voiced Boss in Far Cry Three. Oh, whoa! And, really? And the character that he was that he he was visually based off of he is a major character in better call saul and i love that <laughs> so he's so voss is just like just 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 roaming around this show effectively without a care I, I in the des- world i describe really michael mondo plays him as Va- basically as scary as voss and voss wasn't crazy oh wow that's awesome man but yeah like the show is great it has some of the best like characters ever and I, and it really has me intrigued of like I love these characters like well I know you're not in Breaking Bad so what happens to you? <laughs> maybe not maybe don't maybe don't get attached to you, you know, <laughs> yeah. at some point. I, my main thought is with Michael Mondo is like alright when do you die? <laughs> yep. Because <laughs> the things you're doing I'm like I know you're not going to live very long. <laughs> Would you say this is required viewing though? I mean I'll put it this way: if if you want to have your way to watch El Camino, definitely watch this. Yeah, I, I thought about watching El Camino as well, but I ended up not coming around to doing that. So. I, I seem to be the only one that really likes that movie. But yeah, I, I, I haven't heard too many like reviews or read too many reviews of El Camino. I just kind of want to go in like fresh whenever I do like right. end up choosing to go, go to go see it. But like, I don't know. Like, I'm I'm so protective of Breaking Bad in my mind. Like part of me is like, I don't want anything to ruin it. Right. I think it's such an airtight, perfect show from start to finish. That is definitely fair. There's that fear that I have, you know? Right. I got you. And like I said, I'm basing the thoughts of El Camino just on everybody that I've shown it to. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like my dad and my fiance are both huge Breaking Bad fans. Okay. That was fine. (laughs) (laughs) And that's that's after the show, right? That's, I think that's Jesse, Jesse, like trying to escape. Yeah, it's basically tying up the loose end of Jesse's plot from the show. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I mean, so. the show did just kind of abruptly—not abruptly, but like it does have like a shocking end, right? So, vice it. So the El Camino, I would not say that's not required watching. It's it's there if you want to, and I don't think it does. It does no harm to the Breaking Bad legacy. Just think of it like think of it how you would a graphic novel sequel to a show. It's like that's not required, but it's there if you want. It's to a post-credit scene. Yes, but I think Better Call Saul. I mean, I just if you love Breaking Bad, I see no reason why you should watch this. It this show's great. It All takes right. a little bit to get going. I'll say the first couple episodes, you can only tell it's the show trying to figure out exactly what their tone and what they want to be. Mm-hmm. But after you get the first few episodes, the show it's just it just hits its stride and it keeps strong the whole way through. I mean, you could say that about Breaking Bad too. Like, I mean, right. you you have the same kind of like uh, what, what do you call it like hindsight with the show like the show when you know all 50 or so episodes it's like 
you know, you watch some of the slower stuff of the of the first season. It's like, oh, this is incredible. I love everything about this. I love because you know where those characters are going, right? So maybe that's exactly. the same thing. Like with Better Call Saul, like it might be slow when you're first seeing it, but maybe on rewatch, it's like, oh, this is incredible. I know exactly what's going on. Definitely, and like I said, it's just the Saul is such a fascinating character. Oh, I loved him every time he was. Every time he, there was an episode that like revolved around him in Breaking Bad, like I just wanted to learn more about him. But uh, for some reason, I just I, maybe maybe it is just that kind of like overprotective nature of breaking bad i just didn't maybe just not want to watch better call saul but from what i'm hearing man i guess i gotta go into it at some point i definitely recommend it six seasons that's a lot it is a lot mike right. what you got there you know i will tell you what i got here after i get after i tell this brief story so i, I was playing wordle for a long time right and like it's it's a fun little game and I found my stride with it. I kind of got like, I kind of peeked behind the curtain a little bit and just kind of figured out how to, how to get my word guess in, in there just in time. And I ended up with like a 118 day win streak. I was like 98% complete, uh, 98% correct overall, but I was, I was winning strong at like 118 days. And then just like a week ago, I lost on the word trite. And I was very upset. So I decided to just retire from Wordle, right? So I have, you know, a, I have a bit of like, you know, of, of, of my kind of free time on my cell phone that I allot myself every day. I'm like, well, you know, I'm not playing Wordle anymore. What else can I kind of throw in in my time? Just kind of pass the time for like five, ten minutes. You know, previously I brought to the show a kind of movie guessing game called Framed. I, which anybody can go play at the framed.wtf. Well, there is a video game version of this uh, called Guess the Game at guessthe.game. It's exact. It works exact same. It works the exact same way as both Framed and uh, uh, more Framed than Wordle, where you get like six guesses to guess the game, and uh, it's going to give you a screenshot each time. And uh, and I think I, I, I like screenshot number three. Um, it starts giving you clues like, oh, the Metacritic for this was like 84. And, and then like finally, like, oh, the published the, the developer for this was Naughty Dog or whatever the case may be. And it just kind of gets easier and easier. And I've just been loving it and I've been nailing it the entire time. I am currently at a 100% guess rate at the moment, dude. I think I am going to do just fine with guess the dot game. And I, and, and I recommend everybody else, you know, go out and play this game too. It's not too hard. Uh, the one uh, that was out for today, I'll just say what it was, is PUBG. Like, I don't play that game, but I was able, through context clues, I was, able, I was still able to get it. So, you know, I think if you if, if, if you like this show, if you like video games, uh, you know, and you want a fun little thing, just kind of pass the time, like five minutes a day or whatever, while you're sitting on the can, whatever the case may be. Like, this is a great game uh, just to kind of like, just, just to throw up and, you know, tickle your brain a little bit, just like Framed is. So, yeah, give that a try. Uh, guess the dot game. That sounds really fun. Awesome. Well, you you better win, Daniel. I believe in you. I will have to check this out now. That was a long pause. I don't think he believes in himself, folks. <laughs> you can do it, Daniel. You can do it. So go to guessthe.game. Just see, just see what it is. Again, the answer for today is PUBG. So I think you still have time to go check it out. And you know, if you guess the, if you guess the screenshot early, you can actually go see the other screenshots and see if like, you know, if we, 
of course you would you got it already but like you you can see like it would if it would have been easier for you so you, you know so it's just a fun little thing go check it out it's really fun i love video games thank you so much everybody for hanging out with us today reminiscing about some of our favorite films we definitely had a great time as you can as you could probably tell but uh for my co-host daniel i am your co-host mike and like we say you know when there was that one time when we were children and like Daniel transformed himself into a snake and he knows I love snakes so I went to pick up the snake and admire him and he transformed back to himself and, then, and he was like ah it was me and then he stabbed me and then we were but we were like eight at the time <laughs> GG <laughs> I tried I my best I have no idea what the hell just happened oh that was from Thor Ragnarok do you remember that <laughs> I did. For, I forgot that, so I just sat there like I knew it was. I know this would say GG, but I have no idea what he's talking about. Yeah, that was uh, when uh, Thor was ex- uh, explaining like to Valkyrie and um, and 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 Bruce how like Loki used to trick him as kids. And uh, okay. and the fun thing though is if you if you know your Norse mythology is that like Loki did that to Thor at some point in their childhood in Norse mythology. So it's cool that like you know they took that and turned it into a little fun little joke. I gotcha. Sorry, to me to derail our ending. No, no, that's good, man. I'm going to leave this all in, by the way, too. Bye, folks. Bye.